What is going on, family members? Welcome back. I am back. Thank you for listening. However, you may be listening, whenever you're listening, whether it's the morning, afternoon, or at night, whether you're doing homework, studying for a test, on your way to work or from work, wherever you are doing while you are listening to this, I'm truly grateful. It's been a minute since I've been on by myself. Personal background in the Navy, y'all know that. Um, been moving a little bit here and there. I'm finally back in in my home office. I've been here for for a couple months now. I've been back home, enjoying time with the family. I've gotten on a few live streams uh, with the guys from the Off the Ball Network. You, you know the whole team: Chris, Chris LeBron, the Prez, Mo VP, Jeff, my boy Couch or uh, Couch Coach Live, Coach over there. So I've been I've Stephen Gillespie, all of them. Man, I've been doing shows with with a lot of people lately. Um, but I needed to get back to my roots, needed to get back to what I was doing in the very beginning when I first started this, doing this solo dolo. So here I am, so much Washington news to get into, so much to talk about. I am excited. If you're a Washington football fan, I hope you are just as excited as I am about this coming up season. So without further ado, let's just get into it. So this past season, the 2020-2021 season was to call it a roller coaster of a season is a tremendous understatement. Started off the season strong, got off to that one and zero start that every team likes to do. Came back down from seventeen at halftime against Philly. Dwayne Haskins supposedly led this charge in in the locker room, gave this halftime speech, came out and, and brought us back to win the game. And at that point. Everything kind of looked good. Dwayne Haskins showed that he could be a leader. He showed that he had the skill set to bring us back into games, which was something that we weren't sure if he could do. Very, very positive. And then he didn't. Then we went on a four-game losing streak, five-game losing streak. Then he was benched. Benched at one and four on the season. Benched after statistically his best game of his career. Against the Baltimore Ravens, about 370 yards, no turnovers, given no touchdowns either, but no turnovers against a pretty good defense and a very good team in reigning MVP Lamar Jackson. Now, at that point, I believe we were one in five or one in four, one of the two. And Ron Rivera took a seat. He laid back and saw the landscape of the division that we now know was atrocious this year, probably the worst in NFL history. That being the NFC East. At that point, every single team had a losing record. And he saw an opportunity to still win the division after a 1-5 start, which is unheard of. If Washington were any other, in any other division, you, we all know 7-9 would not have been good enough for even a wildcard spot, let alone a division title. So say what you want about our record, where we finished how we finished. All that matters is that we finished at the top of the division and we're in the playoffs. And gave Tom Brady a run for his money that we'll get into in a little bit. But seeing that one in five, Ron Rivera saw a chance to go and win the division. He thought a quarterback change was in order, which clearly it was. It was just the wrong quarterback that he went to. He Chose to rock with his guy, Kyle Allen, who had a solid four or five games, I think, 
in Carolina when he took over for Cam Newton a couple years ago. And then defenses figured him out, and he was no longer able to provide that spark that he once did. Now, by no means am I saying that Kyle Allen cannot play quarterback or that he's a bum. I just don't think he's that dude. He's just not. I think he finished 2-7 and seven as a starter. Maybe only won one game, I think. Um, but he, he just, he's not that dude. He's not the quarterback going forward. I wouldn't mind bringing him in in a backup role, giving him, you know, letting him compete for a backup job. But I don't think he is the starter. I don't think he is the long-term answer to our success in Washington. But I digress. Kyle Allen plays somewhat well, beats the Cowboys, and then we head into Los Angeles to face the Rams. And it was a mix of emotions that game. Kyle Allen gets hurt. So in comes Alex Smith, who just two years ago suffered one of the most gruesome injuries we have ever seen on a football field. The only one that can really rival his injury was another Washington quarterback, Joe Theismann, when Lawrence Taylor broke his leg. Now, obviously, it wasn't on purpose, so to say Lawrence Taylor broke his leg like he did it intentionally, no, not what I'm saying. But Lawrence Taylor was the reason that Joe Theismann broke his leg and ended his career. Seeing the similarities in that was very scary. Gruesome injury against Houston Texans. Uh, we were 6-3 and three at that point, and then from there, ended up using f- four other quarterbacks, and it, it ruined our entire season. We went from division leaders to, I think, third, maybe even fourth place in the division, and it was rough. We only won one, only won one more game after that, so I think we finished 7-9. and nine. Had a chance late in, in a couple games, one against Jacksonville and the one against Tennessee that year, to, to squeak into the playoffs, but... You know, after going through four or five quarterbacks in that, that, that season, we also had about 26 or 28 players on IR total, including, I think, Brandon Sheriff, most of our offensive line. And it was rough. It was just, it was a rough end to the season. I gave Juden, I gave Jay Gruden a lot of slack for that, um, which I, I still don't think he was wrongfully placed. I do still give him slack for that season, but he obviously just couldn't get the job done, even with a healthy team. But anyways, yes, here comes Alex Smith. Two years removed from that leg injury, not only only nearly losing his leg, but also nearly losing his life. They said he may never even walk again, let alone play football, let alone play professional football. And yet there he was against the L.A. Rams, back at quarterback, back under center. And his first hit. His first hit back was Aaron Donald jumping on his back. I don't know about y'all. I don't know about any other Washington fan. This might be TMI, but my butthole puckered so much when I saw that. I'm not even going to lie. I was afraid. I, I was afraid like Aaron Donald had just jumped on my back because we weren't sure how that leg was going to hold up. They had to take muscle from, I think, his calf or his hamstring to put it back in his leg. That was the only way because all that, the, the bacteria infection that he had had in the hospital ate away at his entire 
leg muscle. It was bad. And I was scared for him. I feared. But luckily, he was fine. He kind of gave Aaron Donald a uh, a little smirk. And I'm glad, I'm kind of glad that that was his first hit because if you're able to hold Aaron Donald on your back and your leg not snap, you have a pretty strong leg. So that was actually a good sign moving forward that I, I really like to see. So after that game, we played, we played the Giants and Kyle Island came back, almost won. We lost 20-19 on a, I failed two-point conversion, which it's Ron Rivera, you know he's going to go for those, and I, I was okay with it at the time. Um, still am now. Then we went on to Dallas, or Dallas came to us, rather, in that Week 7 matchup, and we blew them out. And this is where I really started hearing the Kyle Allen talk of, oh, he's that dude, he's our future. He had a one, he was like a, like a 111 or 119. Um, QBR over the last two games, talking about the Giants and Cowboys game. You know, th- this is it. We have our guy. And I was, and I even commented, it was on Twitter, and I commented on that tweet. Bro, hold up. Dude had 119 QBR, 111 QBR, whatever it was. Cool. He threw for like 170 something yards on a team that gives up over 300 weekly. That is not a good sign. Yes, Antonio Gibson blew up, ran for, I think, 160 yards that game. But again, Antonio Gibson does not do that week in and week out. If he was averaging anywhere from 100 and 130 yards per game, cool, sure, we can lean on that. I get it. But that's not the kind of running back he is. Still a rookie. He's still learning. He's still growing, especially at that position. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. Led to an entire thing. It it led to a whole thing back and forth, me and him back and forth on Twitter. Um, but then we play the Giants again after the bye week, lost twenty three twenty, and that was the game that Alex Smith had to come back in because Kyle Allen got hurt once again, and that was his season ending injury. And I think at the time that Kyle Allen got hurt, we were down twenty to nothing. Only lost 23 to 20. That's when I knew Cal Allen was done. He was not that dude. Even against the Giants. You can't put any points up against the Giants. Who late later in the season was playing good defense. Not in week 9 they weren't. Then we go on to Detroit. At Ford Field. Play a close game. We come down. We, we go down early. We fight back. Have a chance to win the game. Dwayne Haskins. Say what you want about Dwayne Haskins. I'm sorry, not Dwayne Haskins. Chase Young. Say what you want about Chase Young and that play against Detroit with that, that, in my opinion, ticky-tack. Roughing the passer. Just shoved him. It is what it is. He's a young player. He's learning. Yes, it costs us. It essentially costs us the game. But, again, young player. He's learning. Give him a break. And then comes the stretch of all stretches the stretch that changed our entire perception of the season our entire trajectory of the season weeks 11 12 13 and 14 cincinnati dallas pittsburgh san francisco 
Me and Coach talked about this a lot in our preseason uh, show and including our, we did a show on Dallas week, right before our bye week, highlighting this stretch. And we also included the Seattle game in that stretch. But it was a game to us, and we both said it, that would show what this team is made of. Did we think they were going to win all those games? No. But it, it, it was more important for us at that time because I think at that, t- at that time we, had, we were projected a top five pick in the draft. It was important for us. It was, a, it was important to us that this team played hard, didn't give up, and at least, at least kept games close. They were able to do that and so much more. Game against Cincinnati, week 11, win 29. Unfortunately, Joe Burrow t- suffers an ACL tear. Um, but I think that game was on that trend that whole time anyways. Chase Young has that big uh, goal line stop. Tackle on uh, Joe Burrow, who obviously we all know went number one overall. They were teammates at Ohio State at one point. Um, caused the fumble. We get the ball back. Joe Burrow ends up going down. A.J. Finley comes in in relief. We go on to win the game 20-9. to Week 12, Thanksgiving. My first day, my first day back out of quarantine, because I, I did contract the coronavirus. I did have COVID. I was quarantined for two weeks in a hotel, which was not great. Thanksgiving morning, week 12, against Dallas. 41 to 16. Antonio Gibson blows up for three touchdowns. It was a great day. Now, given Dallas was not a good team, still are not a good team, uh, but it was nice to see that kind of play. At this point, at the same exact time, the Giants are now trending upward and they are on a winning streak. At this point, they even take over first place in the NFC East, which at one point they were one and seven, now leading the division. Now in comes week 13. The Giants play Seattle in Seattle. Easy day, right? Let Russ do what Russ does. Get it to DK Metcalf. Get it to Tyler Lockett. Win the ball game. Easy day. No. The Giants come in and shock everybody. Win the ball game. Increase their lead on the NFC East. The following day, Washington has a trip to Pittsburgh to play, at the time, the 11-0 Steelers. Now say what you want about the Steelers. Some people call them frauds. I would agree. But at the same time, frauds don't, don't start the season 11-0. They did have an easy schedule. i give you that. They're still a good team. They're still a well-coached team. So we go into uh, Pittsburgh, which ended up being a Monday evening game, sort of, because with uh, the whole coronavirus and their game against the Ravens kept getting pushed back. That was supposed to be a Thanksgiving game. That kept getting pushed back. Uh, we ended up having to play them in a Monday evening game. And we go in and shock the world. Keep pace with the Giants for the NFC East uh, division lead. And then, all of a sudden, those last four games all appear very winnable. Week 14, San Francisco. Week uh, 15, the same Seattle team that had just lost to the Giants. Week 16, Carolina. Week 17, Philadelphia, who we beat in week one. 
San Francisco, we go on to carry, uh, we go on to take care of business in Phoenix because of the COVID restrictions. They couldn't play in Santa Clara. Beat them 23 to 15 behind a stout defensive performance from the entire defense. Chase Young, Montez Sweat, John Bossett, Cole Holcomb. They all played great. That's also the game that Alex Smith got hurt in. No, no, it's not. I apologize. Yes, it is. It is, actually. He got hurt in that game because Dwayne Hassons played a little bit in that game, and then Dwayne Hassons had to start Week 15 against Seattle um, in, in Maryland. The tale of two halves on that game was, it was truly something else. Dwayne Hassons played terrible up until halftime. Played god-awful, I think, three picks. Poor decision-making. We're down 20-3 to three at the half, I think, or 20 to nothing, maybe even. I don't remember exactly. Then come out of the locker room at halftime for the third quarter and just completely blow up. Offense starts clicking. Dwayne Haskins is making good decisions. Puts us in a position to win the game. On a final drive, down by five, we were driving. Um, Morgan Moses goes down on one of the plays. Hurts his leg. He's out for a play. Gets sacked. Dwayne Haskins will then get sacked on a third down. And then on the subsequent fourth down, Morgan Moses attempts to come back in. Clearly not 100%, clearly not even 50%, has no business beat out on the field and gives up a quick sack on a fourth and down. And that ends that game. But it's okay. Dwayne Haskins showed promise. He showed integrity. He showed great decision-making. I even went on Overreaction Monday on Coach's show. My overreaction was that Dwayne Haskins was our franchise quarterback. After I saw what I saw in the second half in, in Seattle, I was convinced. This dude has it. He just had to get his legs warmed up a little bit. He's had to warm up, get used to it, get back in the flow of being a starter. Boy, was I wrong. Oh, my goodness, was I wrong. Because in, C- in uh, Carolina, we came out completely and utterly flat. And there's no way around it. We're just flat. Haskins had a couple picks. Then in comes Taylor Heineke. Has a couple of uh has, has a couple good drives. And and brings us back within a score to tie. We end up losing 20-13, but Heineke looks good. And then here comes the Heineke talk. Everybody wanted Heineke to start against Philly. And I said, well, let's pump the brakes. He, he's he played well against, you know, a bad Carolina team. With no film, if if we announce him the starter, Philly has a pretty solid defense. They they can game plan for him, and it might not turn out as pretty. Either way, Alex Smith ends up starting. We win the game twenty to fourteen, clinch the NFC East title, and I don't care what you say. For all you Giants fans out there, stop, stop blaming it on Philly. It's not Doug Peterson's fault that you guys only won six games. You want to be mad at that? Fine. Be mad. I get it. Sure. Whatever. But at the end of the day, you still only won six games. Two of those came against us. And you still couldn't win at least eight games. But I digress. We go on to beat Philly. 
win the division, set up a matchup with the GOAT, Tom Brady, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the wildcard round. This is where all the talk started for Taylor Heineke. Heineke needs to start. He needs to be in there. Alex Smith can't move around. And I agreed. Alex Smith clearly could not move around against Philly's defense. And it put us in some bad spots. We needed somebody who can get out of pressure, especially with that front seven that Tampa Bay had. We needed somebody that can get out of pressure and move around in the pocket, which Heineke could. Alex Smith could not. Smith ends up being ruled out uh, because of his calf strain that he suffered in the game against uh, San Francisco. Taylor Heineke starts and puts out a hell of a performance. This dude balled out. He left everything out on the field. We only lost by eight. A lot of people are saying we're losing by 17, at least, at least 17. We kept it close, lost by eight. Oh, well, season over. So what's to do at quarterback? Do we give Taylor Heineke the job? He played great for that one game. Can you do that over 16 games? We don't know. Maybe 17? We don't know. Do we get somebody in the draft? We're picking 19th because of winning the division and because of being in the playoffs. We're picking 19th. Maybe a little too, well, obviously too far for Justin Fields and, and Taylor Lawrence. Or Trevor Lawrence, I'm sorry, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Taylor Lance from North Dakota State, probably going to be taken in the top 10. Mac Jones out of Alabama. After that national championship game, he probably played himself in a top 15, if not a top 10 pick. Zach Wilson out of BYU. Saying, people are saying that he has character issues. I've learned my lessons with people saying that certain quarterbacks have character issues. I.e. Dwayne Haskins. Even Urban Meyer was not a fan of him coming out of college the year that he did. He said he needed to mature a little bit. And my goodness, was Urban Meyer right. So if I hear somebody say that a kid, that a kid has character issues and should not be drafted, I'm going to listen to that person and not draft them. So what to do with the quarterback position? We don't know. We don't know. There's no sign. But wait. Now there's reports that Deshaun Watson is not happy in Houston. He may be wanting out. Over the weeks, that talk has been, that talk has been increasing. He's posting cryptic Twitter, uh, Twitter posts saying, oh, from 2 to 10. Your anger is from 2 to 10. Displeasure is from 2 to 10. Dude clearly wants out. So does Washington go after him? The short answer is yes. Absolutely. We are a quarterback away from being consistent NFC East contenders. Win a couple playoff game contenders. We are a quarterback away from all of that. This team is a Deshaun Watson away from being legit Super Bowl contenders. Think about that for a second. Last year, we picked second. We picked second in the draft in 2019. And you're telling me in 2021, we might be Super Bowl contenders? All because of a quarterback? Yes. That, that is where we're at. Our defense is stout. We had a top five defense this year in points allowed, yards allowed, in sacks, 
our defense is there. We, we, we need to improve on a few things. Linebacking core, number one, we got to address that. Our DBs, we got to address a couple of those spots. Kendall Fuller, as much as I love Kendall Fuller, dude is a slot corner. He's a nickel corner. He's not, a, he's not a shutdown corner. He got beat too much on the outsides when they moved him there. He's a nickel corner. Put him in the slot. He can run with any, any slot receiver in the league. You put him on the outside, he cannot. He cannot keep up with Amari Cooper. He, cannot keep up, he can probably keep up with, with Darius Slayton. But can't keep up with the DK. We got Seattle again next year. He, he just can't. And, 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 and it pains me to say that because I like Kendall Fuller a lot. But we got to get solid DBs on the outside. This team just needs a quarterback. A solid, dependable quarterback. I don't think Taylor Heineke is that dude. He could be. He, he certainly played himself into a position to be considered. They need to bring him back, give him a job, or give him a chance at the starting job. Let him compete. But when somebody like Deshaun Watson becomes available, and you are that caliber quarterback away from being a legit Super Bowl contender, you take that chance. You go all in. You go for it. This Washington fan base, we have been the butt of jokes for the last five years, probably 10. Over the last 20 years since I've been alive, we haven't had much success. I was born in 1992, September of 1992. Eight months before that, Washington won their last Super Bowl that they would ever win. Eight months later, I was born. I think a couple years later, we were back in the NFC title game in 95. Lost that game. Have not been back since. 99, go through an ownership change. And it's been so inconsistent. Actually, it's been very consistent. Poor, poor play on the field. Poor signings. Poor management all around. Dan Snyder does not hire football guys. He never has. Until now, Ron Rivera has complete control of the team, and that is where we're headed. We are a Deshaun Watson away from being Super Bowl contenders. You go after him. Here's what I say If I was the GM, if I was Martin Mayhew, I would call the Texans. And unfortunately, unfortunately Bill O'Brien is no longer the GM of the team. Because we could probably get Deshaun Watson for a fifth rounder and a bag of uh, salted peanuts. Maybe even unsalted. I don't know. Unfortunately, they, they have a, a GM now who is partly, partly the reason Deshaun Watson is so unhappy in Houston now. Coming from New England. New England does not like to play pe- pay people. He learned that from Bill Belichick, I think. We'll see. Um. But he's not going to be dumb about this. He's not going to give up Deshaun Watson for nothing. He knows what Deshaun Watson is to this league, to that team, and what he can be to another team. I would call and say, look, I will give you my 19th overall pick this year. Our second round pick this year. Our first round pick next year. And our second pick next year as well. For Deshaun Watson, oh, and a third round swap. 
We have two picks in the third round from the Trent Williams trade. Pick either one. You probably want San Francisco because it's a little bit higher. Take it. Two first, two seconds, a third for Deshaun Watson, and a third. So we move up second or third pick overall, or second or third pick in, in the third round. Dude, why not? That's not, you're not really, you're not betting the future on this one guy, but you kind of are. But you're not giving up the whole farm. It's not like the trade for RG3. For an unproven rookie who has never thrown a snap in the NFL, we're, we're getting a guy who was proven, who led the league in receiving with Willie Sneed and Will Fuller as his two receivers. Terry McLaurin is better than both of those receivers, possibly uh, combined. Uh, Kenny Galladay is probably going to become available from Detroit. I'll go after him in free agency. Curtis Samuel, I think, is available in free agency when that opens up in March. Go after him. You can get other free agents, uh, other receivers through free agency. You're not really worried about giving up, you know, that draft capital or get somebody in the draft or be able to trade for somebody else. I would like to go after AJ Green if they can. But if you're giving up at least two first rounders for Deshaun Watson, I don't see I don't see them giving up another first in 2023 for AJ Green. If that's what they're demanding. If they're only demanding like a third or a second, yeah, sure. But I don't see that. A.J. Green is still a hell of a player. He's still a, one of the best receivers in the game. He just has not been in a good position. Oh, and I did forget to mention to throw in a, a Matt Iodinus, our defensive tackle. He's a good young talent. Um, I know a lot of people have not been thrilled about that uh, projected trade package because of him being included. But look, you're getting somebody for somebody like uh, like a Deshaun Watson. Our front seven is good. You got Chase Young and Montez Sweat on the ends. You got Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne in the middle. We're fine. We can afford to give up a, a Matt Iodinus. But another option out there is Matt Stafford. I mean, it's been reported that he's not happy in Detroit. He's not um, interested in being part of that rebuild. So understandably, he would he would want out. So that he'd probably be not probably for sure would be a lot cheaper. Then Deshaun Watson, both in uh, trade package and money-wise, his contract is a lot less than Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson just signed that extension that doesn't take effect until the 2022 season. So next year, he's due about $15.9 million. Then after that one, he's north of 30. So that we could get Matthew Stafford on the relatively cheap for a few years and still go out and maybe get somebody like a uh, A.J. Green, if we can, pair him up. Because I think Cam Sims is a Cam Sims is a good number three receiver, solid number three. Steven Sims got to go. I like our tie, our tight end situation. Logan Thomas, I think he played great. He's developing very well into a into a, a formidable tight end after converting from quarterback. So there's another route we could go. That one seems a little bit more likely, mainly because our new GM uh, Martin Mayhew. He got his first GM job in Detroit, and his very first uh, draft pick as as a GM was Matthew Stafford. 
in 2009, after they went 0-16, his second first-round pick um, that he picked was Ndamukong Sue. And he, he has a nice little track record of, of pickups. He drafted Darius Slay, I think, in the third round. Um, Javid Best was, you know, a nice little change of pace back for them. I think he also had Amir Abdullah for a little bit. Was a second-round pick out of Nebraska after his big uh, year in college. He was interviewed the other day, or he was interviewed recently, I should say, about his first GM stint in Detroit. And and he quitted, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said something along the lines of, I was like that young player who was ready to play, but I didn't know how to play. Or or something like, I, w- I was eager to play, but I wasn't ready. Like he, he didn't really know the ins and outs, and he had a lot of learning to do, basically, which he feels like he has done because he was there for almost 10 years. I am so excited about this hire. Um, we're, we're actually the first team ever to have a minority head coach, a minority GM, and a minority president of football operations, which is great. It, it's phenomenal. It, it's great to set historic uh, landmarks like that. Uh, we also have the first uh, black female full-time assistant coach on, on the staff. So that is another thing. Um, but I do hope that this is not what this trio or quads is remembered for. I hope that when we're playing Trivia Pursuit in 50 years, it's not just the first, you know, what team had the first ever full-time assistant black woman coach, minority GM, minority head coach, and minority president of football operations. I want it to be what, was the f- what team had all that? And went on to win Super Bowls. Went on to be a successful franchise. That's what I want. That's what I'm hoping for. But, as you know, time will tell with all of this. See what we do with, uh, with our picks. If we are going to have all the picks we have right now. Are we going to trade for Deshaun Watson? Um, are we going to go a different route? Are we going to go with the Matt Stafford? Are we going to stay at 19? Or are we going to move up in the draft to try to get a quarterback? Um, in the top 10 who knows again only time will tell but I have not been this excited for an offseason in a very very long time I was excited after the 2015 season after you know we lost to Green Bay in the playoffs I was excited moving forward obviously I was excited after the 2012 season RG3's rookie year but this excitement trumps both of those this excitement is far surpassed those two years because this one, I feel we have a genuine sense of direction. We have a genuine identity. And finally, for the first time in over 20 years, football people are running a football team. Are running the football team. And I could not be more excited. And that is all I got for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I greatly appreciate it. Y'all already know where you can find me. FNC Pod on Twitter. Football and Chill Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Go check out my YouTube channel, Football and Chill Podcast. I just started a Twitch stream, Football and Chill Gaming. Uh, it's going to be a little side thing that I do for fun. If you are good at Warzone, or more, sp- more importantly, if you are bad at Warzone, and you just want to feel better about yourself, go check that out on Twitch, Football and Chill Gaming. I'm so glad to be back. 
be on the lookout for everything that not only myself but everybody on the off the ball network is is dropping we got great articles on the website right now steven gillespie is hitting it hard uh with all these basketball articles uh we just got a new guy jerg shout out jerg he's the hockey guy he is the hockey guy he's been on for about three four weeks now put out a couple articles uh and this dude just comes with everything he does his research when you have him on shows He's the kind of person that makes me want to do better. This dude comes in prepared, has his notes, has his stats. Dude is there with him. Go check out his articles. If you're a hockey fan, even if you're not a hockey fan, and you just want to learn about the sport, check his stuff out. Again, thank you so much for listening. Hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what you, let me know what you thought about everything I said today. What do you want to do at quarterback? What would you be willing to give up for Deshaun Watson? What do you want to give up for Matthew Stafford? Do you think we should draft? Do you think we should move up into the top 10? Let me know. Let me know your thoughts. I'd love to hear them. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm out.